Okay, so uh, we have a guest this week that uh, I'm really excited to have on, really excited to have a conversation with. I know Pat is, and uh, just from talking to him over the phone, seems like our guest is our guest, two-time, back-to-back Stanley Cup champion, current goalie for the Ottawa Senators from Thunder Bay, Ontario, eight hours from where we're recording right here in Winnipeg, Matt Murray. Welcome to the Sling the Biscuit podcast, episode 63. Thanks for coming on. Looking forward to chatting with you guys today. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to it, man. It's a it's a privilege and it's a pleasure to have you on. I was curious. I guess the the first thing to ask is, um, anytime we have a guest on, try to do like a little bit of research to be a little bit educated. And we usually shoot first and ask questions later. But I was looking, and there's like nothing online of you for like podcast appearances, media appearances. Like you search Matt Murray, like nothing comes up except for like the Matt Murray from UMass Amherst, which we'll we'll get into later. But you, you don't really do much media, do you? No, I mean. Um you know, I, I get a, I get a lot of media during the season, so I guess I uh, I get my fix to that. Um, but no, I haven't uh, I haven't done too too many podcasts. I did one a couple of years ago, I think, with uh, some guys from Vaughn. Uh, backgrounds were in Vaughn here, um, but other than that, never really been approached to do it, to be honest. So um, I'm glad uh, I'm glad we were able to connect, and hopefully we can uh, you know talk a little shop here and, and have some fun. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of shocked at that people people aren't, aren't interested to get you on maybe on a podcast. But like you you said before we started recording, we talked about earlier in the week is that you're a you're a hard guy to get a hold of. You're very hard to approach and hard to reach. Yeah, some sometimes by design. Um, but I haven't uh, you know I, I haven't been on social media much at all in the last couple of years. I uh, I got rid of most of them. Actually, deleted all my accounts for the most part. And, um, I think I still have an Instagram, but I never go on there. So, um, yeah, if you don't have my number, uh, it's definitely uh, hard to get a hold of me. For sure. Why? Why is that? Do you um, were you just sick of it, or do you find it's a distraction, or just kind of negative? Uh, kind of all of the above, I guess I would say. Um, plus, now I got two young kids. A lot of things that I can do to keep me busy. That. Um, you know, take up a lot of time and energy. So uh, honestly, I don't have time to do it much anymore. And I definitely noticed that, um, you know, it, it definitely can be a big distraction. I know early in my career, I would definitely, um, you know, go on little stretches where I would need to, you know, take, take it right off, especially like in the playoffs. Uh, you almost feel like a blackout in the playoffs. And I honestly just liked it. Um, I just feel better, you know, when you're not looking at your phone all day and you're not, uh, you know, you're interacting in, in real life. So, uh, yeah, I started doing it a couple of years ago, and I just like the way I feel staying off of it. So I've kind of kept it going. You find it more like, uh, like, like you're almost like more present in the moment. Like you put the phone away, you disconnect from the outside world online, and like the moment you're in, whether it's, you know, you're out to dinner with the missus, you're spending time with, you know, friends, you're really in that moment enjoying it, and, and it's, a, it's a good memory as opposed to just let's take a picture, let's take a video, let's, let's make a memory like that actually lasts in the mind as opposed to on a camera roll. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. I think that's, that's very well said. Um, I try to, you know, stay in the moment as much as possible, especially when I'm, you know, socializing out to dinner, uh, whatever the case may be. I just think, you know, that's, that's how we're meant to, to communicate. So, um, I find a lot of stuff can get lost in translation to online and, you know, it's just not a great way to, to communicate and, and definitely a bit of a waste of time too, in my opinion. So I just prefer to, uh, like I said, you know, enjoy real life and, and I got, I got a lot going on in my, in my world right now to keep me busy. So I don't really need, uh, I don't really need much else going on. 
before I ask the next uh, next question, I just want to I just want to point out: ignore those sunglasses. I'm having bad allergies, and my eyes are just watering every five minutes. So I'm gonna wear these. But I was uh, I was curious of your opinion on just like hockey, I guess media in general. Like you said, you get a lot of it in the season. Like, um, can that be a lot to deal with while you're trying to? you know, focus on your game. Like maybe you have a bad game and then all of a sudden the media is all over you. And uh, whether it's an interview or social media, like can that be a lot to deal with? And how do you deal with that? You know, it's a difficult way to, to communicate, I think. And it's, it's difficult to, to get your point across and, and to really, um, you know, make your point when they're basically just looking for sound bites and, um, you know, one, one sentence quotes, so um, it can be challenging for sure, but it's part of the game. It's a skill that you that you need to develop, I think. And um, I've definitely been uh, <laughs> been caught saying the wrong thing in the past. I'm sure, uh, maybe been taken advantage of a couple times by some reporters or whatever the case may be. But it's it's a it, it's definitely a skill. And I think I've, I'm a little better at it now, but I wouldn't say I'm I'm very good at it in general. <laughs> Yeah, and not to name names or, or point the finger or anything, but do you feel sometimes that maybe, obviously everybody's trying to pay their bills, right? Your your job to pay the bills is to stop the puck. The media's job is to try to find anything that you say, write a headline, like you said, that one sentence, that title that they click on to pay the bills, sell some ads, and you're trying so hard not to, to give them anything because you say one thing, oh, maybe the D-man lost the guy back door. It's not my fault, right? I had I had the first two saves. But then they take that, they run that through the paper. Now you're the bad guy. They're trying to paint you as the villain. And now you're coming into the GM's office and it's like, fuck. Why did I say that? Like, I'll just give you, you know what? We're just trying to make the saves, trying to keep us in the game. Just give them the, the straight BS so that they can't run your name through the paper. Yeah, there's a bit of that for sure. I think, um, you know, you're, you're never going to throw a guy under the bus or anything like that. So a lot of times, you know, reporters will kind of try to bait you. And, and that's part of their job. You know, they, they're, they're a huge part in, I think, um, kind of bolstering interest around the game too. So the fact that they may, um, you know, kind of sensationalize some things or maybe, uh, you know, use a lot of, uh, you know, hyperbole in, in some instances, um, I think that's good for the game. That's part of what the media does. You just got to be aware of it. Um, and, you know, don't take it personally. Um, if, if you do say something that they take out of context, sometimes you just got to uh, kind of let it go. Um, and, and most of the time, especially if it's if it has to do with a teammate, you know, I, I guarantee that your teammates are never going to uh, um, think that you, you know, willingly threw a guy under the bus because nobody does that. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a fine line, though. You got to walk. You, you know, you want to... You want to engage with with the media and with the fans, but it's uh, it's a fine line. Uh, like I said, it's it's a it's a unique skill, I guess that that definitely continues to develop, and um, it, it it takes a lot of effort for sure. Yeah, and speaking of effort, you have an awesome girl, an awesome wife, uh, Christina. I believe I'm I'm that's correct. Yeah, Christina. Yeah. Yeah, big shout out to her. Um, I I just want to say to kind of to back things up a bit. I, I remember when you won the the second cup in Nashville. I remember she would. Uh, she, she's like your your number one fan. Like it's almost, uh, I'm almost kind of jealous that like I I got my woman. She's awesome, great supporter. But it's like, man, you you got an awesome woman, an awesome mother, an awesome wife in your life who's who's supporting you through 
through everything, through thick and thin. And uh, also shout out to her because she's the one who put us in touch and put us in contact. And this is how this this podcast is happening. So big uh, big shout out to her. But uh, speaking of shout outs, every single week we do uh, Viewers of the Week segments. So if you're watching the video version on YouTube, you're on Apple, you're on Spotify, you're on Google, uh, we give shout outs, shout outs to uh, anybody listening. And it's uh, really simple. we got a quick little list of uh, Viewers of the Week. If you don't mind, we'll, uh, we'll run through them real quick. Yeah. All right. So uh, a couple of Viewers of the Week. Actually, uh, the first one I wanted to pencil in was, uh, I, I believe he's your boy, is uh, Jordan Bennington. He actually uh, liked one of the clips, uh, the podcast that, that I posted the other day. That was kind of cool when I saw that. But uh, uh, we got Chris. Chris says, never played hockey a single day in my life, but found the podcast and love it. Shout out to you, Chris. We got uh, Francis McDonald, recently found the podcast. We got Jack Hudek. We got uh, Francesco. We got uh, Irfan. We got Philip from Sweden says, I love milk. Shout out to you, buddy. I wonder if that's oat milk or dairy milk. We got, uh, we got Steve, crushed six episodes this week. We got Alex, listened since episode 13. Rich from Edmonton, wants to see Pat go play in Europe, maybe coming up in the future. We got uh, Jesper Rudin from Sweden. We got uh, Caleb Dune. We got Tristan Peters, Maya Summers. We got Jackson Robinson, and he's got a mullet. He's got a mullet, loving it, the Billy Ray look. We got uh, Francis McDonald. He um, found the podcast. Podcast helped him stay positive uh, on his weight loss journey. Lost 80 pounds. So shout out to you, my friend. We have uh, Abby Wayne. Uh, she's a girl. She says, uh, I listen to the podcast. Just want to say that there are uh, plenty of women out there who do. And uh, she's been listening since April and found the podcast on TikTok. So shout out to you, Abby. Happy to have you on board. And uh, our final viewer, we've got Max from the Yukon. Says he works heavy uh, heavy equipment machinery uh, driving through the Yukon. So I'm assuming on a, on a job site. So uh, if you want to be viewer of the week, you just uh, send me a DM, send Pat a DM. And uh, we'll pencil you in for viewer of the week. Appreciate the support as always. Um, speaking of which, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, what, what are you driving these days, Matt? Because I, I know just over text we're talking about uh, you're kind of splitting time between Muskoka, Ottawa. You're big kind of like lake, lake life, fishing kind of guy. I'm curious what you're driving. I had a rough idea what you're driving, but I'm I'm curious. Yeah, I, uh, right now I got the, the Northern Blight souped up F-150. Um, you know, kind of get it all done truck. Um, I like to go, you know, off-roading sometimes too. I actually just splurge about myself a new Can-Am as well. So I enjoy the... Uh, you know the outdoor life and uh, like going off-roading, fishing, um, even just you know doing donuts in the mud. Uh, you know that's the northern boy side of me. So um, yeah, right now I got big F-150 with a little lift and 37-inch tires, so the thing will go pretty much anywhere. Trev, did you guess that? I, I said to Pat right before we started recording, I said Some, something tells me. He drives an F-150 fully <laughs> spec'd out. Did, did I not say that? But you my did. Heart, you right? F-150. My <laughs> heart said Dodge Ram 1500 or GMC Denali. I thought a Denali or a Ram, but I, the F-150, I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I don't, I don't have a truck. I used to have a truck. It's a long story. I got a, I got a bike now. Oh, yeah. I've always been a, a Ford guy. My first... Uh... My first car that I bought, I basically spent my entire first signing bonus of my entry level on a Ford Raptor. I think it was a 2014, um, and that was always my dream truck growing up. So the second I got my hands on a couple bucks, I uh, <laughs> wasted it all on a Ford Raptor. But um, yeah, stuck stuck with Ford for the most part. That that new uh, TRX is making it difficult to uh, to not switch over, but. Right now I got the platinum F-150, but it's all decked out and off-road ready. So um, it's awesome. pretty pretty custom. So I don't think I'll be getting rid of it anytime soon. Nice. 
So you're pretty passionate about, about cars, trucks. Like um, you said you have it all like decked out. Is that a passion of yours? It's something I enjoy for sure. Yeah, I've always liked trucks. Um, growing up in Thunder Bay, it's kind of one of those places where there's more trucks and cars on the road. And, and the nicest cars in the city are, you know, the, the most souped up trucks. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of always had uh, an inclination towards those since I was young. Um, my very first truck or my very first car actually was a uh, 2002 Dodge Ram. Uh, it was like forest green. It's pretty pretty funny looking truck looking back at this point. But um, yeah, I've always had a truck. My wife drives a big Yukon too, which I love that car too. So nice. yeah, I've always always been interested in trucks that are you know bigger and, and more capable. So uh, I would say it's a little bit of a passion, sure. I'm curious when when you get the signing bonus, if I may ask, how much was the signing bonus for for that uh, Ford Raptor? Well, my first uh, uh, like my entry level signing bonus was ninety two five. I think that's the standard uh, that's the standard entry level signing bonus. So like ninety ninety two thousand, and I spent basically okay. all of it. <laughs> I'm I'm picturing you go down to the Thunder Bay dealership, you walk on the lot. Serves like a coffee, Coke Zero, water. Yeah, sure, take a black coffee. I already take it. He's, you know, you're looking through the trucks. I like this one. I like the Ram. Or no, actually, no. I, I like the Raptor. Yeah, let's go with the Raptor. How much miles does it get per gallon? Eh, it gets, I don't know, what, 10? I want less. I want seven. Give me seven. No, give me six. Give me six miles to the gallon. No, I mean, it, it was a little bit different than that, but it's kind of similar. <laughs> it was actually, uh, I was in Wilkesbury at the time, so Pitt, Pittsburgh's farm team. So it was my first year pro so i've been 20 and uh i needed a car so i had to get something and um obviously i i had a you know an affinity for for souped up trucks so uh it took me a while to find it actually i had to look around a bunch of dealerships and i had to really seek it out so so it was not a good decision financially but uh you know i i had that truck for a few years and absolutely loved it um and then uh, ended up trading it in so um yeah, I'm happy at least I got to say that, that I was able to buy myself, uh, you know, my dream vehicle growing up. That's awesome. And did you, did you sell the, the Raptor after you got the F-150? So I had a Range Rover in between too, but um, I didn't like the Range Rover at all. Um, kind of everything would break on it. The windshield would always break. Um, and they charge you a fortune to replace those windshields because it's like some some fancy windshield or something from from england uh it drove really nice it was like a sports car it uh, was the size of an suv but everything would break and um just became too much of a hassle and i missed having a truck so i uh, gave it back and and that's when i got the, the f-150 platinum awesome but i know we're, we're not a trucking podcast but i'm curious f-150 lightning the tesla cybertruck what do you think i if i had the money i'd probably buy a cybertruck but i don't have you know a quarter just sitting in the bank but Man, those look like some nice trucks. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I would have a hard time picking between those two. I would probably go off the wall if you're if you're talking electric. I would go off the wall and get the new Hummer. I think that one seems like the best uh, the best electric truck that I've seen. Best looking one too, I think. But I'm not out electric yet. My uh, my lifestyle doesn't really support electric vehicles just yet with the range and, and stuff like that. I, I would need uh, I would need a lot more range before I dove into one of those. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm curious. You're, you, so you're out in Muskoka. There's not many, I guess, electric charging stations or super centers out there? <laughs> not that I know of. I'm, I'm not too sure, but... Um, you know, for right for right now, I'm uh, I'm sticking with old reliable gasoline engine. Um, so, you know, getting getting out into the woods and and going off roading and stuff like that too, I get a little worried running out of battery or something like that. I don't know what would happen there, but just a little bit more reliable. You know what I saw on, on TikTok the other day was um, it, it was kind of along those lines, and and maybe my phone was listening to me talk about like Teslas and gas prices and stuff, and it started recommending me this stuff. But it was a, a guy, I guess he's living kind of out in the woods, not Muskoka, but kind of like the similar type of, of area. And he's got a Tesla, and he was talking about how there's no supercharging centers, all that kind of stuff. So what he does in the back of the trunk, he's got a gas powered generator with a plug in, and he plugs the the generator into the charging outlet. So he pours gas into the gas generator, and it generates electricity for the car when he's out in the woods. There you go. Yeah, he's finding a way to beat the system, I guess. Kind of, kind of, kind of defeats the purpose of it at the end of the day. Uh, I don't know. Maybe as they get more and more popular, everybody's going to have a, you know, a port in their in their garage or at every grocery store or whatever the case may be. So just not quite there yet, but it's heading that way. When I think of the the generators, I think of uh, you know who Larry Enticer is. Old Larry Enticer. No, I don't recognize the name. He's the he's a guy who was viral on YouTube a couple of years ago. He's he's got the mullet, the the jean jacket, the denim, and he's the guy uh, on the sled. He's like, just gonna send it. Good day, gonna be a good day. You know that guy? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. That. I didn't know his name. Well. Yeah, that that's the kind of guy who's uh, firing up the generator and plugging in the test. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, that guy's well, at the time he was only twenty one, so I guess he's twenty seven now. But that, I swear to God, that guy looks forty. Anyway. Uh, we got uh, some questions. Uh, as always, we got uh, viewers submitted questions. We got some awesome questions this week, and uh, some more stuff. Uh, obviously, not able to sort through all the questions because there's a lot submitted. But uh, how do you feel about some uh, questions, Matt? Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's rip away. Uh, first off, uh, this was very popular. I uh, want to wish you a happy belated birthday. Uh, May 25th uh, was your birthday. You were 20. Hold on, I'm 25, turning 26. So you're 27. You're 28 now. Happy 28th birthday. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. No problem. There we go. Any uh, anything special you did for your birthday, by the way? Went out fishing, um, played some golf, um, and then just hung out with the family. Uh, blew out the candles with my daughter. So that's uh, that, that's the most special thing you can do, I think. Is just you know get to hang out, and celebrate with uh, with the young kids. It's pretty special. Yeah, it's awesome. How, how old are the the kids, by the way? My daughter is uh, 17 months, and my son is uh, almost four months. So a year and a half, and and pretty uh, pretty newborn. Congrats! And and the dogs? How old are they? Are they older than the kids? Yeah, we've had them for a while. Um, so my oldest dog, Beckham, he's uh, he'd be turning six this year, and Leo is turning five this year. And some some big boys like we were talking about before the podcast, hundred or one hundred eighty, one hundred sixty pounds. Some big, big, big boys. Oh yeah, yeah, they're big. They're big fellows for sure. Yeah, uh, Pat, do you have any questions uh, before we want to get into the viewer questions, viewer Q and A? No, it, but it did just make me think as you were describing uh, like how special it was um, blowing out the candle with your daughter. You said right? Yeah. Um. Like obviously, we, me and Trav here, we don't have kids yet. But like, you're you're now someone who's had like the peak of 
hockey, like you've lifted the Stanley Cup, and then now you've had two kids. I'm kind of curious, like, is it a greater feeling to like look at your and hold your kid for the first time than it was than like lifting the Stanley Cup? Yeah, for sure. It's um, it's hard to describe that uh, to somebody who hasn't had kids. I don't know if you guys plan on having kids or not, but. Um, it, it's uh, it's literally like the most um, rewarding thing I think you can do. I think as a person, as a man, um, just having having a little one to to be responsible for and to take care of, and um, you know, watching them grow up. Even you know, a year and a half doesn't seem like like a lot of time, but you know, my daughter she's starting to turn into a real person now, and starting to, you know she's running around and. Yeah, it's incredible. Nothing, nothing will ever compare to that. Raising the cup is great. Don't get me wrong, but um, it, it pales in comparison to, to holding my daughter was my firstborn, and, and holding her for the first time was uh, that's like that's like the meaning of life right there, in my opinion. So nothing will ever really compare to that. That's super cool. My my dad tells me that same thing all the time. He always says, "Son, you'll never understand until you have a kid. When you have a kid, you'll understand. But until then, you're going to be my my son. And I'm going to tell you how it is." <laughs> Yeah, no, and I was the exact same way before I had kids. I was like, yeah, okay, you know, I'll, I'll uh, we'll see. Um, but, but really, it's, uh, it is something incredibly special. And literally, like I said, I think it's the, the most important, most rewarding thing you can do as a man. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a really, a real blessing for me. And now having my son here too is, is obviously going to be uh, really special as well. He's still not really doing a whole lot. Um, <laughs> He basically just lays around and eats and sleeps, and that's about it. So, uh, but I think you know, watching them grow up will be uh, you know, uh, the best, the best thing that anybody can hope for. Are they going to be hockey players in the future? I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not gonna. Uh, I don't want to. I'm not gonna pressure them into anything. I'm not gonna tell them no. I'm. Just, what they're uh, naturally interested in um you know my daughter seems like she's gonna be pretty athletic she loves you know throwing the tennis ball around and uh she's already kind of running at her age which is pretty cool um so yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna force anything on them but uh i'd be i'd be happy if they do for sure love it i'm one of the first questions we actually had was kind of on that topic i don't know like the media has talked a lot about like your relationship with your dad i'm curious is there like a memory that stands out like growing up as a kid, like obviously like your dad takes you skating for the first time. Like I'm, I'm sure Pat remembers. I remember the first time my dad took me skating. Like there's so many awesome memories. Like as you get older, like, man, like that was really cool. Like, is there, is there, is there any specific memories that stand out in your mind that were like really awesome to share with your dad? Yeah, I think the, the biggest one was probably, um, we had this tiny little sidewalk in front of our house growing up. And, uh, and that was kind of the only, the only spot that we could, um, you know, shoot shoot the ball around or whatever, because um, we were on you know a bit of a busy street. So when I was young, he didn't want me out on the street. So uh, we just used this tiny little sidewalk, and he would just you know rip tennis balls at me. And even back then, I I always wanted to be a goalie. So um, that's that's kind of what I remember most. Um, just yeah, just him sitting you know 20 feet away ripping ripping the tennis ball at me, and probably lighting me up for the most part because I was like. I don't know, five, six years old at the time. And yeah, that's definitely the first and, and probably the best uh, memory that I have. That's awesome, too. Like, like that kind of bonding time, like especially with your dad, 
early age. Like that's the kind of stuff like like you mentioned, like hoisting the cup scrape, like the, the family stuff is really what like at the end of the day, that's what sticks out in your mind, you remember it, you cherish it, and that's uh, like those are the moments that like you said, life is built for. For sure, yeah. And and don't get me wrong, like in, in terms of being a hockey player, lifting the Stanley Cup is um that's as close as you're gonna get uh in terms of hockey um but like i said i just think you know as a human as a as a man as a person there's there's nothing more important that you can do in your life than than to have kids so it really there's nothing that you can really compare it to yeah and and that's awesome uh speaking of uh of that i'm I'm curious we actually had this question was really popular um, we talked a little bit about it over the phone the other day, but uh, Matt Murray, UMass Amherst, curious if uh, you've ever been confused with him. Um, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I'm not sure. I think did he come to? Was he at Pittsburgh's training camp one time? Yes, he, he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he might have been like a rookie camp or something like that. I don't know if I ever. Uh, I don't remember if I ever met him or skated with him. That would have been kind of funny, but. Um, no, I don't think that's ever happened, no. <laughs> I feel like it's the other way around only. Like, he gets confused. People think he might be you, which actually happened on our podcast. We had him on the podcast, and uh, people were disappointed. They clicked it, and they were like, wow, I thought this was the NHL goalie. Like, pissed at us. <laughs> Different Matt Murray. Like, our, our bad, our bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, it's yeah, a yeah. coincidence that another goalie, the exact same name, but... I guess there's there's two uh, there's two Sebastian Ajos too, right? Is that the one? Is that is that real? Is that true? Damn. I feel like that's not as common of a name. I think there's a Sebastian Ajo obviously on Carolina, and there's another one. I'm pretty sure. You might have to fact check me on that, but I'm almost positive that there's another Sebastian Ajo. I might have played for Jersey or something like that. I can't remember. I do remember the two Nicholas Backstroms, obviously for Washington, and then the. Uh... Goalie in Minnesota, the the Finnish guy from Minnesota back in uh, probably like ten years ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess it happens once in a while. Yeah, but we we talked about uh, on on the podcast when uh, other your Matt Murray counterpart uh, showed up for the podcast. We talked about um, yeah, pe- people thought that uh, we were bringing you on, and they asked a bunch of questions to him on your behalf, and and he actually gave some pretty creative answers, kind of stepping into your shoes, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, a lot, a lot of people were uh, were disappointed. I got a lot of messages. What, like, what is this? This isn't the Matt Murray I came from. Like, sorry, like this is what we can get. We're just starting to be a podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That might have been how I how I uh, heard about you guys. I think I might have sent me something about uh, Matt Murray being on a podcast. She was like, "Did you do a podcast?" And I was like, "No, I don't. I don't think I did." <laughs> <laughs> That's probably how it works, Trev. Yeah, actually, and, and if you don't want it, you don't have to comment on this. But uh, so we did the Q and A, uh, and he gives some he gives some awesome, like hilarious answers. And one of the questions was, uh, uh, "You switch from Vaughn, you're a Vaughn goalie, and then you end up going to uh, Lefebvre. Uh What was the reason?" And uh, I think his answer was, uh, "They didn't pay me enough. I want the big bucks rolling in." <laughs> and uh, also talking about the, the cup wins, uh, which was more special to you, the first cup or the second cup? And I think he said. Well, they say one's weak, two's a streak. So let's go, baby. Go, Pens. <laughs> he, he did well. He was creative. <laughs> Very creative. An Alberta boy, too. Alberta boy. He, he probably drives a Ram to 1500 as well, to be honest, now that I think about it. There you go. You got a lot in common. You, you know, it'd be funny not to, to put a jinx on it or anything, but uh, starting goalie tonight, Matt Murray, being backed up by Matt Murray. People in the crowd that maybe aren't in tune will be like, what? 
Somebody made a mistake. No, there, Matt Murray is backing up Matt Murray. Starting is Matt Murray. <laughs> Hopefully. It happened at training camp there a few years ago. That would have been fun. But uh, I never, uh, I don't think I ever ended up on the ice with them. Would have been It's cool. like, uh, you seen Blades of Glory at the movie uh, with Will Ferrell? <laughs> yeah, a long time ago I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, Chaz Michael Michaels. Chaz Michael Michaels is sex on ice. A sex devouring <laughs> hell tornado or a sex tornado spun into the hellfires of Motown. <laughs> yeah, Pat, Pat and I were just quoting that before we started. We're here at the Grublet Fairies, and we're living in the here and now. Oh, yes, we were. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's classic. What a great movie. Michaels, you you drunk? No, this ought to do it. <laughs> uh, great movie. Um, anyway, back to uh, a couple more Q&A questions. There was actually um, a couple comments actually about Mike Smith, and I know we talked about it over text, but uh, you train with Mike Smith, right? And uh, John Elkin, shout out John Elkin, the OG a goalie coach. Do uh, you want to talk a little bit about uh, maybe like your relationship with Mike Smith and John Elkin kind of coming in there? Yeah, I mean, both guys are, um, I think, hugely instrumental in, in my development and, you know, the way that I play. Um, probably like 10 years old, maybe 11. I started going to his camps and um, I ended up, he, he does these uh, like skills competitions at, at the end of the week on Friday and uh, there's a shootout like an elimination shootout for the goalies and I ended up winning I think when I was 11 and um, he kind of took an interest and, and started coaching me and I started doing one-on-ones with him uh, all the way up and then he was my goalie coach with the Greyhounds the Sioux Greyhounds for a year as well um, and you know I still skate with him every every summer to this day um, you know he's He's, uh, he's become, you know, a really good friend. And, and even, you know, back then he was a special person for me. Um, and Mike Smith, too. I, I skated with Mike Smith. Um, you know, Johnny was coaching the two of us kind of uh, on the ice at the same time. And that was very early in my career. And, um, you know, I was able to, to learn a lot from him, watch him, uh, pick his brain a little bit. He would always answer my, uh, my questions, I'm sure. I got pretty annoying at, at certain points being a young kid who, who just wanted to make it. And uh, I'm sure I was talking his ear off, but um, he was always super helpful. And even, uh, you know, even now I, I can still text Smitty anytime. And uh, he's always up for, for giving me some advice. And obviously he's been a lot in his career and he's been so successful. And he's still playing and, and playing as well as he did this year at, at, uh, at his age. I think he's 40 now, I think, right? And that's um that's amazing speaks to his athleticism and and his dedication and and how well he takes care of himself and um you know that's something that that i want to do as well so um yeah two two guys that were very uh, instrumental for me uh in my development and two guys that that i'm obviously thankful that uh that i got the chance to to get to know and to work with you know one thing that i was kind of surprised by when uh when you switch from Vaughn to true um, obviously, like knowing that you know, skate with Elkin relationship with Mer- or with uh, with Mike Smith, I thought for sure you would have switched to a 580 glove instead of a 600. I thought for sure the Mike Smith effect would have came in. Yeah, I uh, I don't I don't really know what uh, what made me pick that one. I think I just I tried all the the options that they had, and uh, that one kind of just felt the most natural. I'm honestly not not a huge uh, gearhead to be honest. I just I go by by feel basically. So when you start. Uh, I mean, off numbers, I honestly don't even know. Like, I couldn't tell you what model that I that I wear. If I'm being totally honest with you, uh, I just go by feel. 
and uh, a lot of it is customized too. I like to, you know, tweak tweak little things around. So uh, it's probably not um, not all that similar to to the standard uh, model. Uh, yeah, I just go by kind of what I what I feel and and what I like. Um, and the true stuff I just found was uh, just so stable and um, very well balanced. Had a great seal. Uh, it's obviously very light. Everything's light nowadays. Um, but yeah, I just I just really like the feel of it. Um, so yeah, but I'm I'm not a huge gearhead if I'm being totally honest. It's kind of like the like the sword of Excalibur. Like you pull out the sword, you're the chosen one, or you're not. You know where you don't know. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely uh, I know pretty quickly. Um, you know what I what I'm gonna like or not like with sticks. Sticks for me was a tough one because I love the. Um, the Vaughn before the, the composite ones were being used. Like when I was in uh, the American League and I think my first year in the NHL, I was using those Vaughn foam cores. So it was all wood with obviously a foam core. And I love those sticks. Like I could rip the puck. I could, uh, you know, I could put the puck in the air to like the far hash mark, like almost, almost end to end in the air. Uh, for whatever reason, the stick just, just fit my, you know, my, uh, my release perfectly or something. And then they stopped making them. And so then I was scrambling to find what stick I was going to use next and kind of trying everything. Nothing nothing that I really liked. Warrior was kind of the closest one. Um, so I switched to the Warrior. But the problem nowadays is um, if you want a, a stiffer uh, stick, you got to add more weight to it. And so, uh, you know, I basically just, I just like the lightest and the, the stiffest one that I can find. And, and now the, the new Bauer that I'm using right now is like the perfect twig. So I uh, finally found the stick that I like, but uh, I can be a little bit picky at times, but again, it's all based on feel and, and uh, how it feels in my hand. That's the mock or that's the ultrasonic stick right now? Uh, see, I honestly don't even know. Uh, um, I, don't, I don't know like the names or the, the model numbers. It's last year's model. I'm trying the new one, I think, this summer. The new one, I think, is the mock. Like, it looks like a player's deck in the middle of that. Yeah. yeah they've had the cutout for, for a couple of years. They, they change it every year. They add, like, more into the cutout. Like, I remember at first, it was probably like a good 18 inches of just, like, cutout stick. And now it's almost like the whole stick is a player stick with a little bit of a... Like a like a reinforced face, like the little paddle piece. It's it's on. It's it's kind of crazy. Like, like some of the technology, like you think even ten years ago, like you said, foam cores were everywhere. Nobody wanted composites. Composites were for players, and now it's everything is is composite for goalie sticks. And just the the technology is incredible. Six hundred grams for a stick, like it's, it's insane. Yeah, I know, and that's that's what I like the most about this new Bauer. Is it's so light, but it's like stiff as a board too, and I can. Um, you know, I like to really lean into it when I shoot with uh, a lot of times it just like kind of flubs up in my stick and I can't even get under it. So, um, yeah, the new Bauer is, is finally the, uh, you know, the one that I've been looking for. Pat, you know anything about goalie gear? Not much. No, <laughs> not too much. I, it's, it's funny that you're not, you said you're not really a gearhead because I feel like a lot of goalies are, I feel like the goalies are the ones that usually are super into like different types of gear like trav trav loves uh talking gear but yeah i don't know much i don't know much either i'm not super big on it yeah don't get me wrong too i, I love the gear i just don't i just don't like pay much attention to you know the 
the names and I'll try anything like this summer. I think I might try some new stuff too. Um, so I'll try anything. But I'm just not. Uh, once you start rhyming off numbers and, and stuff like that, I'm lost. What do you think you're gonna try? Any, anything on the uh, the hit list for the summer? Yeah, I'm gonna try the I'm gonna try the Bauer stuff. I think uh, um, those new skates. I don't know about those those uh, ski boot looking ones. I'm gonna try those out, um, and then uh, I'm gonna try try a set of power pads too. Um, I like I like trying new stuff, seeing what's out there, seeing if there's little tweaks you can make here and there. You know, I think the way the game's going, you you gotta you gotta find ways to ensure an extra 0.1 millisecond of speed across the net because um, you know guys are just so so good now. And, um, you know, it's not gonna it's not gonna slow down. So um, goalies' jobs all gonna get harder and harder. And you know, I'm always looking for whatever way I can kind of gain that extra, even if it's just a tiny little advantage. You, you gotta uh, try to take advantage of it. Actually, you know what? Speaking of which, I got an idea for you. I think I should send you a set of my Traspec Pro laces. I think I think we should get you set up with with some of those. <laughs> Hey, I'll try it, man. I don't know what it is, but I'll, I'll, I'll try it. I'll try anything once. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, like, uh, basically kind of like the same kind of like a toe tie that you have right now, probably about double the length, a uh, couple different little features on it, whatnot. But, uh, yeah, uh, just this season, I think 20%, 25% of the SHL goalies, because I was in Sweden, I got 20, 25% of them using the Traspec Pro Laces, or at least they have a set right now and they're using them over the summer. So I think uh, I think you'll like it. Well, after the podcast, we'll get get you dialed in and get your set sent out. Yeah, man, I'll give, I'll give it a shot. I'll, like you said, I'll try anything once. Good for you <laughs> for uh, creating something new. I like that. Yeah, I, my old lady told me that the other night. <laughs> try anything once. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, um, Pat, you got any, any questions? We got a lot of viewer questions. These ones are, like I said, yeah. we could probably go for two hours. We got some really unique ones. I did actually. I just <clears throat> thought of one because um, you <clears throat> talked about how fast the game is getting now, which brought me back to a thought I had, which you've played with and against some pretty incredible players. I'm curious of who as a goalie from a goalie's perspective who the best player you either played with or against is well i'm very biased because i got to play with Sidney crosby so um to me nobody's ever gonna uh you know hold the hold the candle to sit um just because i know him personally and um not just because of how good of a player he is but you know how good of a person he is, um, how good of a leader that he is. He's a guy that, that that I, you know, try to emulate, try to be like him in, in a lot of ways. Um, he's just kind of the whole package. Um, so I'm biased. Uh, Sid, uh, Sid is always going to be kind of number one in my book, um, but only played against him once. Uh, so in terms of the other guys that I played against, like by far, Ovechkin's one timer is still the hardest, uh, the hardest save to make. It, it just it moves like like no other shot that you're ever gonna see. It like it'll kind of wobble midair sometimes. It'll dip. Um, sometimes it'll start out going high glove and it takes like a like a hook and goes low blocker. He's got that huge toe curve on his stick, so yeah. off kind of like a knuckle pocket 
time and, and sometimes it'll move it's like a curveball sometimes it's almost like a change up and sometimes it's a fastball it's just like it's impossible to to read where it's going and it, it's coming with such velocity so um yeah that's Ovechkin is still obviously that's why he's got you know right. goals but um he, he's he's still the hardest guy to stop for sure yeah, and he's still scoring 50 goals at like he's like almost 40 now i think he's he's crazy so that's cool one of the best goal scorers ever for sure for sure dude just buries cokes on the on the bench <laughs> like nobody's business where's the dr pepper he likes yeah i don't know i think he might like the flat coke a lot of guys do that like a lot of guys when i first came in the league the flat coke they somehow take the uh the fizz out of it um and i think it's all like a placebo effect more than anything but uh, a lot of guys are doing that on the bench or yeah some guys would do it on the bench yeah damn that's interesting correct me if i'm wrong i'm, I'm just picturing you know guy on the bench ass trainer hey get me a, you know give me a dr pepper you know give me a give me a dozer give me a poser crack it open let it defizz for about 10 minutes and then just to start going, whether it be Diet Coke, Coke Zero, or, or a Pepsi. We, we call Pepsi's posers around here. We got uh, Cokes, Coca-Cola's a dozer, and then we got Pepsi's are the posers, or the, the Coca-Cola posers. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I definitely know guys used to used to do the flat Coke. I'm pretty sure Obi, Obi used to and maybe still does, but I think Chara did too at one point. There, there's a bunch of guys who used to do that. You a big soda guy? Um, no, I try not to, honestly. I can't, uh, you know, I'm getting old now, so I gotta stay away from the sugar and, and dial in, uh, dial in what I'm eating now. Did you always have a very, like, a strict diet or is something you've focused on? Um, not really in the past, no. I've always been the guy who can kind of eat anything and not gain any weight. Like, I've, I've just always, uh, always stay the same or sometimes even lose weight. Um, but, you know, finally, I think that that uh that's starting to slow down a little bit and i'm able to you know bulk up a little bit now when i need to like right now is the heaviest i've ever been so um now though as i'm as i'm you know starting i'm not old by any means but starting to get older and just you know trying to dial in all that stuff and like i said any any tiny advantage uh you can get out there i think you need to take because all that stuff makes a difference um you know one one centimeter can make a difference between stopping the puck or not. It could come down to, to what you ate before the game or, or whatever. Um, so I'm definitely more um, more careful with, with what I eat now than, than I was when I was younger, for sure. On the uh, the advice topic, there was actually a lot of guys who submitted other questions or like little sentiments that were basically along the lines of, and I'm sure you hear this a lot, is, you know, um, for example, Justin wanted me to say, uh, please tell Matt Murray that he is—he is the guy that made me want to become a goaltender. Or like, like there's there countless other submissions like that. But like, what do you say to to somebody who says like Matt Murray inspired me to become a goaltender? He he made me become a goaltender, put on pads, got me interested in the game. Like, do you have any advice for like a you know an eight year old in Thunder Bay, Ontario, or maybe a you know twelve year old or or even a twenty five year old in Winnipeg? Wow. Well, first of all, I'm flattered to hear that. Um... You know, I, I had I had guys like that growing up too, and and for me to to be that for somebody else sounds sounds pretty crazy to me. Um, so thank you for that uh, for that comment, and um, you know I really appreciate that. And there was there was a lot, dude. There was probably a good like ten like that. 
That's yeah, yeah probably, like that's cool. 10, 10, 12. That's uh, that's very humbling to hear that. Um, I appreciate you sharing sharing that with me. That's cool. But um, in terms of advice, um, you know, I would say um, just keep your eye on the prize. You know, uh, things that kind of try to get in your way and, and impede your progress. There's always going to be uh, bumps in the road, injuries, challenges, whatever the case may be. It's it's never going to be easy. You know, it's uh, uh you know nothing nothing is easy nothing, nothing worth doing is definitely never easy so uh i'd say just keep your eye on the prize and, and know what what you want um i think um if if you have uh i heard, heard this the other day actually it's, it's a cheesy quote but let me see if i can remember it it's like if you have if you have the why then you can get through any how or something like that i butchered that but uh you get my point i think it's, you can find your way through, um, you know, through things that, that may seem difficult in the moment, but in the grand scheme of things are, are just another bump along the road. Um, so I guess that would be my, uh, my, uh, my butchered version of, uh, of advice is to, you know, find a, find a purpose. And, um, you know, a man much smarter than me said that originally. Um, so I'm sorry to whoever, uh, whoever came up with that quote, but I just messed up. The Matt Murray motivational tour. <laughs> yeah, I hope you guys understand the point I'm trying to make. Anyways, is find a, you know, have a have a deeper purpose, and um, and then, you know, the little, it won't won't seem so um, so big. Yeah, and I got one. I guess one final thing to add before we kind of cap off. But um, and, and I hope this doesn't come across out of context or the wrong way. But you know, when when we first started talking, maybe you know, a couple of weeks ago. I, I thought for sure that, you know, with, with the things that you've gone through personally and, and on, on the ice as well over the last two or three years, maybe um, maybe not the, the happiest guy, but I, I got to say to you, like, you, you have really kind of shocked me with just how, you know, friendly and positive and, and outgoing you are despite, you know, the adversity you faced and what you just said there about, you know, finding your purpose and kind of going after, you know, uh, the, the why is... Uh, it's, it's inspiring whether you're a kid or, or you're 25 year old me here in winnipeg it's it's inspiring no well, thanks man that uh that means a lot i appreciate that i think uh yeah again a lot of it is just about your perspective right so um like i said there's always going to be bumps along the way especially if you have a goal as you know lofty as as making the nhl that's a lofty goal if you look at the the percentages of people who make the nhl it's it's very low so um, if you have a lofty goal, you got to make sure that you, uh, you know, you have a, a reason for that. And, and like I said, if, if, uh, if you find that, that reason, the little, the little shit along the way is not, not going to matter so much. So, uh, that's the, uh, that's the best advice I could give, uh, at this point. I like it. I like it. I, I had one, I had one final question. This one was completely non-hockey related, but, uh, somebody wanted me to ask you, uh, why do hot dog buns comes in pack, come in packs of 10? Sorry, let me try that again. Why do hot dogs come in packs of ten, but the buns only come in packs of eight? This is a scam. Thoughts? <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit out of my pay grade. I, I don't know that one. That's that's one of life's most meaningful questions, right there. <laughs> delicious or toasting delicious hot smokies or hot dogs over the grill on a fire, all eight of them with your ten buns, or vice versa. Actually, no. You can put uh, you have two hot dogs with two wieners in the bun. 
Chaz Michael Michaels in Blades of Glory. <laughs> there you go. We've answered the age-old question. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. You see this? You see this? Does this look right to you? You know what I'm talking about? Chaz Michael Michaels? <laughs> this, this don't look right. <laughs> uh, well, Pat, do you have any, uh, any, any final questions, any closing comments before we cap off here? Uh, no, but I, I appreciate you coming on. This is cool. This is... Um be a good episode for for our audience absolutely so i appreciate you taking the time yeah thanks for having me guys oh it was fun i really enjoyed it yeah, dude, it was a privilege and it was a pleasure um, i just want to remind everybody listening that uh, new episodes every sunday uh, 11 a.m eastern on the youtube video version if you're not watching already if you're in the car apple spotify google she's all out there um, also, we have a viewer special uh, coming up uh, for the beginning of July. So if, when we bring people on, if you're a viewer of the show, uh, if you are a Patreon member, which there is a link in the description, it's five bucks a month. You can pick up a mug uh, or you get a Sling the Biscuit mug free of charge when you sign up. Uh, you're automatically entered into the uh, viewer special episode. Otherwise, we'll have a contest coming up probably in the next two weeks, give or take. Uh, we have Lawson McDonald coming up next week. We have Strauss Mann, the man of uh, Skeleftia, Sweden and San Jose uh, coming up the week after. And again, uh, to Mr. Matt Murray. The, uh, the OG Matt Murray, not the other Matt Murray. Uh, it is a privilege to have you on the podcast. Well, other Matt Murray as well, but uh, specifically today having you on was, was awesome, dude. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. My pleasure. Maybe we'll do it again someday. Absolutely. And we will see you again next Sunday for the next episode of Slinging the Biscuit. Good night. <laughs>